Hi, my name is Jackie and welcome to After the Last Page, a show where I read books of all genres, some trending and some not, and I'll give you my unbiased reviews. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of After the Last Page. My name is Jackie, and today I am reviewing When Stars Rain Down by Angela Jackson Brown. This is a coming-of-age novel. The paperback is 358 pages. It features racial inequalities, and it's a historical fiction. And it also features family values. Now, I will say this book is currently $2 on Amazon, so it is a great quick read. And if you wanted to go ahead and order that, it would only be $2. So isn't that just great? So let's get into today's synopsis. When Stars Rain Down is Angela Jackson Brown's second novel. This is the story of 18-year-old Opal Pruitt living in Parsons, Georgia, 1936. Opal knows that the world is more separated than it should be, and in 1936, skin color has more to do with it than anyone would like. Though slavery has long been abolished, African Americans are still doing laborious work for whites, and the town of Parsons is as segregated as it comes. Opal has lived a quiet life, tucked away in colored town with her granny Bertie. She hopes to live up to her grandmother's expectations, and that means working hard and keeping her head down. But when the Ku Klux Klan unexpectedly descends on Opal's neighborhood, the entire community is shaken. The entire town finds it hard to ignore the complicated racial inequities Parson is home to, with Opal at the center of the story. And now I'm going to read a short excerpt from chapter one. The inside of Miss Peggy's house was hot like the end of days the preachers preached about during summertime revival meetings. My pastor, Reverend Perkins, said just this past Sunday that if this heat was a clue of how hot hell was going to be, we should all be lining up to get rebaptized. This type of heat was new to all of us and had some of the end of days crowd prophesizing that maybe this was the sign of the end. I didn't know about that, but I knew one thing. This heat made everything unbearable to do, especially cooking and cleaning. I was naturally thin, and usually when everybody else was soaked with sweat, I was walking around with a sweater on. But this day, I felt like somebody had drenched me in water. We'd been experiencing unseasonable weather since the middle of April. Tornadoes had been hitting all around us, and it only got worse as the days went on. Now we were in the middle of one of the worst droughts to ever hit the state of Georgia. Lou Zoller on WSB Radio said 1936 would go down as one of the deadliest years when it came to the weather. I most surely felt like Mother Nature was on a warpath and we were her targets. Of course, it didn't help that I was stuck cooking in the kitchen like it was the day before Christmas instead of the middle of June. I would be 18 in a few days, and I had planned on spending this day shopping in Atlanta with my cousin Lucille. She and I were going to look for outfits to wear to Founders Day in a few weeks, a celebration that had been going on in Parsons, Georgia since before Granny was born. Everybody, young and old, colored and white, wanted to be at Founders Day dressed in their best outfits. Yet here I was, cooking and cleaning at Miss Peggy's house instead of gazing at dresses made out of tulle, taffeta, and silk. 
I wasn't planning on buying one of those off-the-rack dresses since I was pretty handy with a needle and thread, and I planned on making the dress that I liked and saving some money. I had asked for the day off weeks before, and Granny and Miss Peggy had said yes, but when Miss Peggy told me Jimmy Earl was coming home on the same day as my trip to Atlanta, I knew I had to stay and help her and get Granny get ready. Both of them were too old to try to cook and clean in all this heat. I was sad that I had to give up my trip to Atlanta, but I would have just spent the day worrying about Granny and Miss Peggy. Jimmy Earl was coming home from the University of Georgia to visit for the summer, and Miss Peggy wanted all his favorite foods waiting on the dinner table when he walked inside the door. Ordinarily, on hot days like this, we didn't even cook. I'd make some sandwiches or a tray of vegetables or fruit, and that would be about all. But Miss Peggy was bound and determined that Jimmy Earl get the king's treatment when he returned from school. Now it's time to get into today's review. You guys know that it's not often that I read a book 5 out of 5 stars. In fact, it might be the first review that I've done where I've given a book full credit. Yet... That's exactly what I rated when stars rained down, and it deserves every bit of it. This novel had so many interesting, complicated topics, but Angela Jackson Brown is an expert at tackling them. The author's tone and writing style is easy to read and get swept up in, which is exactly what this book needed. Though I'll admit, it was a struggle to get adjusted to Jackson Brown's tone in the first chapter or two. But I, I very quickly caught on to Opal's dialect in the culture that this book is trying to convey. Now, it's no secret that historical fiction is not the easiest genre to write. It requires a ton of research, as accurate depictions as possible, and a talented hand to bring fictional characters to real-life places. Yet, Opal is the perfect protagonist for this story. She's young, and as most young people, sometimes she thinks she knows everything there is to know. Other times, she struggles with her faith and her resolve in humanity. I think any character set in this timeline in this town would feel similarly, but Opal has a distinct way of pushing through and regaining her faith, no matter what terrible tragedies she has to go through. I greatly admired and appreciated that her character was realistic with accurate struggles, but Opal also had the motivation to continue to question how to persevere through these moments. While I'm on the topic of characters, let's talk about Granny. It's revealed early on in this novel that Opal's mother has long since been out of everyone's life. Her guardian is her grandmother, who she lives and works with. Now, Granny may not be the lovey-dovey character, that we sometimes view mothers as. But she cares deeply for Opal and is always in her corner. Granny and Opal's relationship is relatively easy, though Granny's relationship with her own children can sometimes be complicated and strained. I think Granny as a whole is even more admirable than Opal at times. She continually deals with hardships in the novel, especially as the KKK descends upon Parsons, but instead of getting angry, she continues to turn to her faith. This is a commendable characteristic that not many people could realistically manage. And speaking of which, there are several other characters in this book, mostly Opal fam- Opal's family members, um, her uncles, her aunts, 
Um, there's some mention of baseball in this book as well, and there are some characters involved with that as well. And I think something that I really enjoyed that I just wanted to mention quickly was the female characters in this book. You know, 1936, at this point, there was a lot of inequality, and gender equality was just as prevalent as racial inequality at this point. But all of the female characters in this novel are very strong, commendable characters. And sometimes even, you know, Opal's relationship with her boyfriend in this book, like she is expected to be the person that makes him better. And, you know, she's the one that brings him down when he's angry. And just the same way, I think a lot of the female characters in this book are definitely something to keep your eye on as you're reading. So, speaking of the racial inequality, let's tackle that. This book has some difficult conversations about it. Sometimes, you know, something I found very interesting was the difference in perspective between the black characters and the white characters. Jimmy Earl Ketchums, Miss Peggy, and Lori Beth are all white characters, and they all seem to think that they're ahead of the times and that things will change. Now, these relationships with Opal and um, Granny. She's also called Sister Birdie. They sometimes defy the color line, but only for small aspects of time before the racial inequalities are once again revealed. While the white characters aren't necessarily wrong in trying to change these racial problems, they also don't really understand the plight of the other end of segregation and how this feels to Opal and to the other characters in this book. Regardless of their perspective or how the white characters make the colored characters feel in different environments, the world hasn't changed yet, and events have happened that make the POC characters distrust the white characters regardless of their actions. Now, I feel this is obviously problematic as it continues the difficult divide between races, but it's also completely unavoidable as relatives of these same white characters are terrorizing colored town any chance they get. Now, I'm just going to mention something quickly here. When I say things like colored town or colored people, that's because that is specifically how Opal refers to them and herself in this book. So it's not a term of my own. This is something that the book specifically refers to many times. And if that's something that's triggering for you, please be aware of that before going into this book. Now, something else I wanted to mention quickly was the way Jackson Brown uses weather as a device in this book. The changes in weather become foreshadowing for change and what is to come. In the beginning of the novel, the weather is unbearably hot, which affects the way the characters behave. As the characters change and the story progresses, the weather continues to change as well. Now, I won't go into this any further to avoid giving away spoilers, but I will say that I really enjoyed the way the author weaved this aspect into the storyline and kind of created weather as a character itself. So overall, I have a lot of things to say about this book. I loved all of the characters in this book and how imperfect each of them were. The characters made real decisions that, you know, weren't always the easiest ones, and I think that really makes this work of historical fiction a lot more realistic. I admired Opal's character and the strength she has. She often sees herself as weak, and she's portrayed as weak, 
especially when she compares herself to her granny. But time and time again, she proves exactly how strong she is. She survives some very difficult physical and emotional struggles that are solely at the hands of racial inequities. And I think that's very interesting to her character. This book also has a very different take on religion, which I'm not going to get too much into as it plays kind of some important roles in the events in the storyline, and I don't want to spoil that for someone who hasn't read it. But I will say, while churches often encourage their community to trust in God and have faith, it's easier said than done. So, no matter how difficult the lives are of some of these characters, and I'm just going to say that because they are very difficult in this book, they continue again and again and again and again to turn to their faith. It's something that's very central in this book. And I found it to be admirable, but also motivating. Because that's not really how we look at faith and religion these days. So that's definitely something to keep your eye on while you're reading as well. Overall, this book deserved five stars. There are a lot of complex topics happening in this storyline, but Opal's story is one of strength and perseverance. While she may not be the character that many readers will connect with, her decisions are extremely realistic for a 17-year-old living in a tumultuous time. I did love Opal, but I also loved the other characters in this book as well, and how Jackson Brown really brings them to life. You know, there's, there's a lot of different aspects of this book. And I think, I think you could read this. So my perspective is, is that you know, as someone who is educated and enjoyed going through education, I think that this is a book that could easily be studied and used for different references. And I, I really enjoyed that. Um, but I do think it's also something that could be read just for entertainment. There are discussion questions at the end of this book, which you guys know that I love. So those are there as well if you wanted to have a discussion with a book club or with a class. So that's something to mention as well. Um, something I did want to say is I've had the opportunity to visit Savannah, Georgia in the past. And they have, they kind of have like these trolley tours. There's walking tours. There's buildings you can go into. And I've learned about some of the history of racial inequities throughout the tours that they have available there. Yet, even knowing what has happened in that area in the past, Jackson Brown really brings all of it to life. Like, this, this book, for me, was almost like being there, you know, or watching a movie. It really, it deserved five stars, guys. It really does. So it's not a happy story, but it's an immersive experience and it will have you laughing, crying, and finishing the entire book in one setting. So I think you really should read this if you have the opportunity. If you'd like to purchase it, you can get it from Amazon and it is currently only $2 right now, which is a steal. So if you want to go ahead and order that, you can. You can also go to our blog, afterthelastpage.com, and that will take you right to the review so that you can comment what you thought of it if you've read this book. 
Thanks for listening to After the Last Page. My name is Jackie, and this is the show where I read books, some trending, some not, and give you my unbiased review. If you liked this episode, go ahead and like and follow our podcast and our blog at afterthelastpage.com. See you next week.